Hi, friends. Welcome to the Connected Families Podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Bellward. Today, I have two guests on the show to talk about grandkids and how to grandparent them. I'm excited about that conversation. But you know, this is episode 119. This is our last episode of 2022. And it has been such a good year. We broke the 1 million listeners mark with a podcast. That's about 44,000 of you listen to an episode every single month. That's amazing. We also celebrated 20 years of ministry. We gathered the Connected Family Certified Parent Coaches from a bunch of countries. And we recorded our most robust online course yet called Sensitive and Intense Kids, which actually comes out in February, everybody. These are just a few of the really big things that we've done this year, but we've done a lot of the, the regular things too, like our weekly parenting tips that are equipping parents around the world. It's been such a good year. And you know what? We love hearing from you. One person left this review of our podcast. They said, love, love, love. I absolutely adore Connected Families and their podcast. The team is so authentic in their work and truly invite parents to grow closer to Christ while learning better ways to connect with their kids and coach them into the people God created them to be. The tools and tips are theologically sound and are also backed by neuroscience. It's so practical and relatable. Thank you for all that you do. Well, thank you so much for that review. We really appreciate it so, so much. Well, our purpose in this podcast really is to guide you to receive God's grace and truth and then to equip you to pass that grace and truth on to your children. We're so grateful that you are a part of that 1 million listens, that you're a part of our community. Later in the episode today, you will hear from a couple about what they appreciate about Connected Families. And before the year ends, would you give a gift to Connected Families? Your gift will bring more of God's grace and truth to families. Well, I'm so glad you're here today with us. I also have two guests with me today. Cindy Stone Street is here. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Stacy. I'm so glad well, to be here. We're so glad that you're here too. And we have Deja Young. Hi, Deja. Hello, Stacy. It's good to be here today. I know you were on before, Cindy. This is your first time. Both of you are certified connected families, parent coaches. So we are always so happy to have some of our coaches on. So welcome, Cindy. Why don't I start with you? Could you introduce yourself? I'm Cindy Stone Street. I live in West Virginia. I am a grandparent, a Gigi of five lively grandkids. I see my kids most days a week. I'm with them three days a week, usually babysitting. So I have a lot of time with them. That's awesome. And you are also an RN. You've been in the NICU for quite a few years. Is that right? I was a NICU nurse for 18 years. Yes. I'm currently a nurse anesthetist. So I'm in the OR now, but I still see I've been taking care of babies and children for really my whole nursing career. We're going to get into just what brought you to Connected Families and brought you to become a parent coach. But why don't we, let's let DJ introduce yourself. Hey, DJ, welcome. Thanks, Stacy. I have been serving children and families most of my adult life, either as a credentialed teacher or a homeschool accrediting consultant. For 29 years, I home educated my own eight children. 
And now I am mostly an empty nester, although they come and go sometimes. <laughs> but I am now in that season of welcoming grandchildren as well. And we're expecting our 10th granddaughter any day now. And I'm really glad to be here. That's so awesome. I know that it might even be today that you get to welcome your 10th. I love that. Yes, I might what are be the on ages? the road. Are currently, well, soon to be newborn, right? And up through seven. I have young'uns, mostly toddlers. Well, as I said, you're both parent coaches. So Cindy, tell us about your journey to connected families and then even taking the very big step of becoming a parent coach. I was... I've been keeping my grandkids since my first one was six days old, and he's almost seven. So I kept him, and I realized as I got into it after a couple of years that things weren't going the way I wanted them to, and I was struggling, and I had lots of things that I was trying that I did with my own children, and it didn't seem to work, and it wasn't very effective, and I wanted to be a better grandparent. I wanted to have a godly influence on my grandchildren. I just had him one at that time. So I began to look around, just get on the internet, and somehow I stumbled upon connected families. At that time, I took the course Discipline That Connects, and I thought it was a wonderful course. And as I read the book and watched the videos, I learned so much. Well, I had a problem that after it was over, I felt like I really wasn't able to apply it. And I didn't feel like I'd made much progress. So after a while, I decided to do parent coaching. And that was about a year ago. By this time, I had five grandkids. So I entered parent coaching and it was just helped me to apply it to my life so much. And I wasn't very good at it. And maybe the first step was I just learned to be quiet. Hmm. And then after that, I began to take little tiny steps. And I could start to see a little tiny improvement or I would do one little thing. And I know, I think it took me a year. It's been over a year that I've had that individual parent coaching. And one day I, I felt like, you know what? It finally clicked a little bit. I'm starting to do these things. It's starting to make a change in my life. And it really just changed how I interacted with my grandkids and it made our day so much happier and smoother and better. And it was just such a blessing. Thank you, Cindy, for that. Can't wait to dive into just you explaining, you know, what wasn't working and then what those small things are. But I want to just toss it to Deja first and just ask you, like, how did you find connected families? And when did you? Because, you know, we celebrated our 20th anniversary this year. It's like so cool. But I know that you haven't been around for 20 years with connected families. So tell us about that. No, but I wish I had. So <laughs> I I first heard about connected families through actually a sermon story that was told at church. And I was so intrigued by the grace-filled response of the parent in that story. It was Jim Jackson. And the pastor gave credit to where the story came from. So I right away went home and, and looked up connected families, subscribed to the emails. And about nine months later, I had a young mom approach me and ask if she could come and talk with my husband and me about discipline. She was having some challenges. And I said, sure. And we were together for a couple of hours. And during that time or after she left, I felt like the advice that I was able to give her wasn't very helpful. It wasn't very succinct. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that really caused me to dig in deeper to connected families because everything I'd been seeing in the emails I'd been getting was resonating with my heart. So at that point, I registered for the 
the discipline that connects with your child's heart. And after going through that course, that was the year 2020 when the coaching cohorts were beginning. And so I applied for the parent coaching program. And I would agree with Cindy that it's really that coaching we get ourselves and then learning to coach that helps me to apply what I am learning, even with my own grandchildren and my adult children, was the framework that really helped me to have the glasses and perspective to look back and view my experiences when parenting. So your own experience as a child or now your kids were grown at that point, correct? So it was your own parenting of your kids. My own parenting of my kids. Yes. So I had you know, 30 some years of experience at this point already. So I was surprised when I was unable to really impart any helpful, concise way of communicating to this young mom about mm-hmm. parenting. And, and so Connected Families Framework has given me a biblical way of thinking about parenting from so many different scenarios. I mean, it's not just a, you do, when this happens, you do that, et cetera. It's really a way of thinking. And it started with what's going on in me. That was key. Yep. That question. I think that question gets mentioned almost every podcast because it's the foundation of the framework. And in the foundation, in order to communicate with our kids or our grandkids, you are safe with me, then I need to do the work inside of me. That's introspective and asking myself what's going on in me. Why am I getting upset right now? Why is this triggering me? Why, why is this behavior like causing me to get short? That's the question that you're saying. When you first encountered the framework, Deja, you talked about it being, you know, just a, a framework to explain to think, but was it a big mind shift for you? I think that the idea of the goal being these identity forming messages that we want to instill in our children was huge because as I worked through an understanding of how I parented and how I wanted to parent, of course, we all have these good intentions. We want to instill an understanding in our kids that they are loved and they are valued. And, but I recognize as I looked back that oftentimes I was more about managing behavior. Mm -hmm. And so the framework did present a transformation in thinking about what's my real goal here. My real goal is connection and it's not managing behavior. And so, yeah, that was a transformation that actually goes beyond parenting because I'm a grandparent now and I'm not parenting and in the same way that I was those years when I was raising children, but the framework has impacted even all my other relationships, my relationship with my husband, with my adult children, with friends, because it really does all start with what's going on in me and then helping me to understand what's going on in the other person I'm interacting with. Makes us think deeper and see the good. And so all three messages, right? You are safe with me. You are loved no matter what. You are called and capable and you are responsible for your actions. Those are the messages that come out of the framework, the messages that we want to communicate. I love that you just said it's it's not just for kids that we parent. It's also our spouses and our friends and our co-workers and our grandkids. So Cindy, let's go back to what you said. There were pain points. You were struggling in your grandparenting. You were with your grandkids each day and they were small. And so by the time you found Connected Families, you had five grandkids. And you said that you did 
coaching and then you started to make small changes. Well, first, can you tell us like what wasn't working in your grandparenting that made you come to Connected Families and invest a lot of time and energy into learning the framework? I was very traditional. I and I didn't really know another way or a better way. And I know when I was a young mother with my own children, I did a lot of research. At that time, there was no internet. And so I would read books and read books. And I think they were mostly behavior-based, like Dee just said. So there was nothing like the framework at that time. So I did the best I could. Well, then when my grandkids came and I did the same as I did as a parent, I didn't feel it was very effective. So as I began to change myself and realize, you know, and fall in love with the goals that Connected Family has, that I wanted to instill wisdom and not require or even ask for immediate obedience, but I really wanted to grow, see these grandkids grow in wisdom so that when they face so many decisions that my children didn't even have any idea would be in our world today, that they would be equipped to be able to make some wise choices. And I'm sure that is a big mind shift from just, you need to just behave the way you're supposed to, to thinking about equipping the kids for the world that they will encounter. And I think probably every generation, this one for sure, our kids are encountering things that have never had to be encountered at the ages that they are ever Yeah. And so it's important. We're going to go to just some of the pain points that grandparents have. We want to hear from the two of you about that. But before we do that, let's go to a break and we'll pick that up again after the break. If you are enjoying this podcast, know that you and your family are benefiting from 20 plus years of God's faithfulness to this ministry. Year after year, he leads people just like you to be encouraged and to give so that others may be encouraged too. Your gifts inspire parents to receive and pass on God's grace and truth to their children, making a lasting impact from generation to generation. The Whartons, a UK-based family, describe the impact like this. Connected Families has that the framework has the potential to influence thousands of families and generations beyond that, such that the gospel will go out more clearly through children who are deeply secure in the love of the Father. And I think that has a, regardless of the the kingdom effect, that's going to have an effect upon society. And also our experience of it is that it's not bound in an American culture. It's because it's gospel based, it it goes across all cultures. Apart from the phrase kiddos, everything else is completely acceptable in the UK. (laughs) Yes. My husband's British and kiddos is a distinctly American term. That's funny she mentioned that. As the year comes to a close, please consider a gift to Connected Families. Go to our website for more information on how to give. And if you'd like to talk through our growth plans or funding strategy, request a meeting with our Executive Director, Anna Brosh. Thank you for giving this year. Okay, Cindy and Deja, thanks for being with me today. And thanks for sharing your stories of grandparenting, your sweet kiddos. Isn't that funny? I love 
love that. Kiddos is distinctly American. But let's move to some of the common struggles that grandparents feel when it comes to their grandkids. Let's just mention a couple of them. Maybe, Cindy, why don't you start? Some common struggles we have are just the same thing that the parent would have. My kids, the grandkids come, they get here about eight o'clock in the morning. So they come in and they're hungry. They're here for pretty much a lot of times for all three meals. So it's just like a regular day with, you know, a parent, grandparent. When they come in, I can set the mood. So they'll come in having a meltdown or crying or, you know, my pants aren't on the right way or my shoes are on the wrong feet. I couldn't get my hair brushed. Not that they say those things, but when I see them, that's obvious. That's what's going on. This morning, it was 30 degrees out and one of them came in with shorts on. So I said, you know, (laughs) if we go outside today, you might need to, we might need to put some pants on. And so those are some common struggles. Deja, what are some common struggles that you've experienced? Well, as Cindy mentioned, really, if we're with our kids alone, one-on-one caring for our grandkids, caring for them. It's nothing different than what the parents might experience, right? It's still the, I don't want to pick up my toys because I have something else that's more interesting to do, right? Uh Or I'm not ready to eat yet, or I want to eat something different than what you want me to eat. So (laughs) in that regard, it's it's the same things that the parents deal with when we're watching our grandkids one-on-one. I think especially the more time we spend with them, maybe we don't see as much of that when we only see them on occasion, maybe they're on their better behavior. But as Cindy is, I also am able to be with my grandkids regularly providing care. So then you begin to become familiar, they become familiar with you and they just act naturally what they, they do with mom and dad. Yeah, I can see how when you're with your grandkids, some of those challenges are really similar. Say more about some of those challenges and just how you've experienced them, Deja. Well, I'm going to back up Stacy and actually talk about when I was a parent parenting, right? My husband and I came from very different families. I just had one sister. He had five siblings. My parents parented us in more lenient ways and his parents parented him and his siblings in more traditional authoritative ways. And so when we began parenting and we chose to do a more traditional and authoritarian side of parenting, there were some challenges just because of different expectations about what parenting should look like. So when my husband and I were parents, Parenting and began grandparenting, I was aware of the possibility of expectations. And so my husband and I decided to purchase the discipline that connects with your child's heart for our children when they had children that were only a year old. I didn't want them to think that uh, I was saying, this is the way you need to parent, but here's just a resource. And there's nothing that you're doing wrong. It's just a gift. There's so many different resources available out there and you can choose to use it or not use it. I just want to be a support to my children in whatever way I can be. So just being aware of the different parenting styles and being supportive and, and not wanting to ever come between my children and my grandchildren, because they are the parents of those children. Can you say just more about that, DJ? What, is, what does it mean? You don't want to come between your parents and your grandchildren, especially you're with them a lot. So what does that look like in daily life? So when I am with my grandchildren, I try to be aware of how my children want them to be parented, the expectations that they have. And when I'm with both my children and my grandchildren, 
I don't, I try not to be the one that steps in, you know, at this past Thanksgiving holiday, there was a bunch of us all around and there were grandchildren and et cetera. There were times when grandchildren needed some supervision. And if a parent jumped in, great. If a parent was busy in the middle of a game or a conversation, well then Grandy, that's what I call myself. Grandy jumped in and Mm -hmm. I could offer choices. And I remember one time specifically, for example, several months ago when I was watching one grandson and my daughter-in-law and a granddaughter were here and the two children were having some, a little bit of conflict. I went into my training for the peace process with sibling conflict. Uh And we went and talked about, oh, well, if you hurt with your hands, we want to bless with our hands. So we talked about, you know, these are only two-year-olds, okay? They're toddlers. And so we helped them to, oh, if you're hitting, we don't want to do this. What can we do to make things right with one another and celebrate? And I whispered to my daughter because I'm not her parent, right? So I whispered to my daughter-in-law, I said, would it be okay if Mm -hmm. I have this grandson give some juice? to his cousin, right? She whispered back to me, sure. And so then we (laughs) took the grandson, the two-year-old toddler, and he poured the the juice to his cousin. And the really fun thing was then, of course, you know, that's not the first or last time that they're going to have conflict. So another time came and when we had the opportunity to talk about blessing with your hands, when you've hurt with your hands, the one grandchild said, juice! Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> associated blessing with juice. And we talked about a different way to bless with the hands, but they were getting yeah. it. They remembered yeah. it. And so yeah. but I did want to step in in lieu of the parents. I asked permission. And so yeah. wanting to be respectful, knowing that they themselves are the parents. I am not. Oh, that's really really insightful and intentional. Cindy, you're with your grandkids each day. What does that look like as far as expectation? Your children and then your grandchildren. And and what does that look like? Well, to start out, I knew before I even had grandchildren that this is what I wanted to do. I wanted if, you know, so many women are working and both parents are working. I knew before I even had children that were married, this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to be available and to be able to keep these grandkids. And I did know that I could love them better and be more for them than if they were in a daycare. So that's one thing that I already determined. So my heart was in the right place. Whenever that started to happen, and then I started keeping them, and then I would think, you know, here comes another grandkid and I would just have to pray, you know, Lord, I don't know if I could keep two and God gave me the grace. And then with three and four and five, and every time I would be afraid and think, I don't even know if I can do this, (laughs) but I have been able to do it. And I have a really good relationship with my children. And I agree a hundred percent with Deja that, you know, I do respect what their desires are. I encourage the way that they parent But I also, with the framework, I've learned to begin to model. So I model the framework. I'm able to put the framework into action while everyone's here. And that helps to, you know, I don't have to call out anything that I do differently from what my children do or what my husband does. But I just model what I've learned. I hope it has an impact on them. I'm sure it does. Cindy, what does that look like in, in daily life? grandparenting through the framework? What it looks like for me is when the kids come in in the morning, if I'm getting ready, I know there's four of them coming right now and one is in school. So he doesn't come until afternoon. So four of them are coming in. I'm preparing breakfast. When I see the first little face 
come around the corner. I just stop what I'm doing and I get down on my knee and I take that first one and, you know, just look in those little eyes and greet them with a big smile and say, I'm so glad to see you. We're going to have a great day today. And usually I'll get a big hug and their face just lights up. Each one of them lights up to get that connection and attention. And so that's how I want to start the day out. And then we just start our routine. They know what's coming. Breakfast is served after breakfast. Then I begin asking them questions. Now, what do we need to do? What do we need to do after breakfast? And they'll say, put the dishes in the dishwasher. And so from four and a half, four, two and a half, and two, those four ages, they've learned to carry their little dish and bring it over to the dishwasher, put it in the dishwasher. And even before the littlest one could do that, we could do it together. And he wanted mm-hmm. to participate. After we do that, the next step is now, now what should we do before we play? No to say, brush our teeth and they'll run to the bathroom. And sometimes they'll help each other. Or one of them might run in the kitchen with all the toothbrushes. And <laughs> then we start brushing teeth. After we brush teeth, they know, well, it's time to play now. Yeah, that's wonderful. So you have a routine and the kids know it. I love that you're asking questions and not which causes them to use their brains and then just be so proud of themselves because they know a different way of working with kids than telling now do this now do that now it's time to do that. That's that's a different way. And you know, I love that because of the power of questions online course that we have here at Connected Families. What about when there's conflict or disobedience? When there's conflict, I had a meltdown recently, and this happened in the garage, and the child was just crying so hard, and I didn't know what was wrong, and so I went and got down, and she was lying on the dirty garage floor, and I said, you know, what can I do to help you, and what do you need, and she didn't know, so then I said, well, I'll come back and check in a couple minutes, so I went back and to play with the other kids, and the meltdown was still going on, just tantrum and screaming and what she didn't want to do. She didn't want to throw her trash in the trash can. So I went back in a few minutes and I'm like, do you think you could, we could get your trash. You could get your trash in the trash can. And she couldn't. And she cried and kicked. And I said, well, I'll come back and check on you in a few minutes left. And I came back again. I'm not sure how many minutes it took. It took several tries and I got down right where she was. And I said, do you think we could do this together? And so I got her little hands and we got the trash together and she was finally able to do that together with me. So we got the trash in the trash can and then, you know, it was just over and kids are so forgiving. They don't hold a grudge. They just go back to playing and, and it was just, it's just like a light switch. So that was one example of when the meltdown happened. And I can imagine that that was a very different way than maybe you would have parented your kids. You, you already mentioned, Cindy, that you were very behavior focused. And yes, so and that was a shift. I think with my kids, I would just try to tell them what to do and try to demand the obedience. And yeah. I didn't really give much thought or have any knowledge that there was a different way to do something. So that's one thing I'm so thankful for with the framework that I have learned a different way and that I am I think I'm improving little by little all the time as far as being able to apply that to my life and to make an impact on those little lives. And so in that example that you just gave with the the grandchild who took some time to be able to, you know, had a tantrum or was upset and wasn't able 
to do what she was asked to do, which was take the garbage and put it in the garbage can. The way that you dealt with it, what is the benefit now as you look back on that and the way you dealt with it? I just think I didn't shame her. I just was able to let her continue to work through it. And I think she will be able to learn that, you know, there's a better way. And I think maybe the meltdown won't last as long the next time. And Mm -hmm. But for me, it helped me because I didn't get mad and I wasn't mad at her. I wasn't, I didn't raise my voice and I was able to do that. So that was really a huge change in my behavior and in my life. I think one of the benefits too, that we don't realize is actually an increase in respect. I remember raising my kids in a way that I, you know, we wanted them to respect us, right? And and thinking that, well, this is what they have to do to show respect. But actually, as Cindy is talking and she's talking about modeling, she's actually modeling respect for her grandchild too in all that she did and recognizing that, you know, they have feelings, right? I remember one of my two-year-old grandsons, it was time to pick up the toys and he didn't want to. And I offered choices. I offered to work with him to do it. And he still wasn't interested. And finally, I just stopped and I prayed and I said, okay, what's going on inside my two-year-old grandson? And then after I did that, I scooped him up in my arms and I said, you know what? It's really hard when you don't get to do what you want to do sometimes, isn't it? When everybody's always telling you what to do. And I just held him. And really shortly after that, he got up without any prompting from me and he just started picking up the toys. Mm -hmm. And I was amazed because I think that they comprehend and understand so much more than we give them credit for. And we're modeling respect for them and what they feel. And I think they're going to catch that too. And they're, they're the, one of the benefits will be increased respect for us. Maybe that's not the goal, but it might be one of the benefits. Cindy and Deja, it has been a delight talking with the two of you today. And I know that this conversation has been um, such an encouragement to so many people as they listen. This is the end of 2022. So as we close, I just want to wish two of you a happy new year. Thank you. Thank you, Stacy. Happy new year to you too. Thanks for tuning in today, friends. If you've been inspired by today's podcast or other Connected Families resources, we invite you to join the team of families who are paying it forward. A gift of $25 will cover your own equipping for the year and a gift of 50 will pay it forward for another family. Thank you for tuning in and for considering a year-end gift to Connected Families. Well, you guys, our next episode next year, right in just a couple of weeks, will be our top podcast of 2022. You can listen to it maybe as you're cleaning up the house after your New Year's Eve party. Well, for more information about Connected Families, follow us on Instagram or Facebook or go to connectedfamilies.org. I will see you next year. Hey.